Hey listeners, if you're feeling overwhelmed by the changes in your life and are unsure how to navigate them, you're not alone. And so today I'm sharing with you a special preview of a podcast I think will help. From our friends at Pushkin Industries, it's called A Slight Change of Plans. And like pulling the thread, it asks big questions about who we are and who we become in the face of change. Dr. Maya Shunker is a cognitive scientist who is an expert on human behavior, and she's here to help us manage the changes we all experience in our lives. On the show, you'll hear intimate conversations with celebrity guests like Tiffany Haddish and Casey Musgraves, as well as everyday inspirations like journalist Yuna Lee, who was held captive in North Korea for 140 days, and Kate Bowler, a religious scholar whose own belief system was called into question when she was diagnosed with cancer at age 35. Maya is also joined by change experts, including leading grief therapist Julia Samuel, psychologist Adam Grant, and psychologist Ethan Cross, whose scientific insights will help us make better decisions and live happier, more fulfilling lives. In this preview, you'll hear Maya in conversation with author and activist Jody Patterson. When Jody's son was just shy of three years old, he came out as transgender. Jody recalls feeling grateful that her son felt comfortable sharing his true gender identity with her, but fearful of the many changes and challenges she knew he would face. What she didn't anticipate was how, in supporting her son's journey, her own identity would change too. Apple chose A Slight Change of Plans as its best show of the year in 2021 because it so beautifully shows all of us how to survive and thrive in tough times, and we can all use that right about now. Okay, here's a preview of A Slight Change of Plans with Dr. Maya Shankar. I hope you'll enjoy it as much as I did. You can hear the full episode and more wherever you get podcasts. And so I picked Penelope up, basically picked myself up and moved moved us into Penelope's room and we sat on the floor cross-legged and I looked into Penelope's eyes and I asked this question, what's really wrong, baby? Why are you so angry? Just that, what's wrong and why are you so angry? And it was the, it was the million dollar question, Penelope opened up in a way I'd not seen ever, eyes filled with tears. And Penelope said the most like phenomenal words that I'd I'd never even considered. Mama, everyone thinks I'm a girl and I'm not. I am a boy. Jody Patterson remembers sitting there on the ground with Penelope, who was just shy of three years old at the time. Jody was filled with a mix of emotions grateful that her child felt comfortable sharing his true gender identity with her, but also fearful of all the unknowns and changes that lay ahead for her son. What Jody didn't anticipate, however, were the changes she would undergo as well. If my daughter is actually my son, what else in the world don't I know? It felt like there was a lot that I had not learned. And so I went on a quest to learn more. And that learning not only gave me insight to my son and to the millions of trans people that exist, um, but also to myself. On today's show, a mother discovers herself after her son shows her how. I'm Maya Shunker, and this is A Slight Change of Plans, a show about who we are and who we become in the face of a big change. 
Jody Patterson grew up on New York's Upper West Side in a family of Black activists. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. named Jody's grandmother Miss Revolution for her work in the segregated South. Jody's uncle was a legendary poet and musician, Gil Scott Heron. Her father started the first Black brokerage firm on Wall Street, and her mother opened a private school for Black families in Harlem. Jody was surrounded from an early age by people who pushed against the status quo, and she was eager to pass that ethos on to her own children. Today, Jody is mom to five kids, but we started our conversation by talking about what life was like for her just before Penelope, who now goes by Penel, arrived on the scene. Jody had two little kids already, a boy and a girl, and on paper at least, her life was filling up with all of the things she had hoped for. We were um, living in the heart of New York City, in Soho, right? The heart of the heart of the world. We had a lot of resources, a lot of love. We had a beautiful home. We traveled a lot. And at the same time, it was a really confusing time. Really confusing time for me. I didn't know enough. <laughs> Not nearly enough. Yeah. What did you feel you didn't know enough about? Mm. Probably myself. I was still feeling unaccomplished, unsure, not quite satiated. Like there was just a want for more and I couldn't put my hand on it. It definitely was not lack of love, but I still couldn't figure out why with all of this stuff that we had, beautiful, healthy children, um, beautiful access to the world, beautiful home, why I was feeling not quite full. Mm. When you first found out that you were pregnant with Penel, what dreams did you have for your baby? Well, I, I, um, from when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a mother. Uh, the three things I wanted to be were a mother, a businesswoman in a suit, <laughs> and a teacher. <laughs> So having children was something that I've always wanted. And I was so excited to be pregnant for the third time. Um, I was also thinking, gosh, you're already so blessed. Maybe this, maybe there are no more blessings coming. So I was fearful that this wouldn't be a perfect baby. Hmm. Yeah, I know. It's one of those things I always think of. I, how can I be blessed again? How can God give me one more blessing? And so I'm always, I was very nervous around that. Um, and then I was excited because I really loved the two children I had. And I was expecting this one to be just as freaking phenomenal. So oh, the biggest feeling was um, excitement, I would have to say. And the doctor tells you that you're having a girl, right? Did you have any visions of what that would look like? <laughs> oh, I was so excited. Um, you know, I come from four girls. There are four of us. So I have three sisters. Uh, my mom has sisters. And I just love the women in our family. I was so excited to have a girl. I had all these girl names. Big sister Georgia was excited, sort of, <laughs> to have a, a sister. <laughs> a little jealous. She's like, you know, this could ruin my whole princess thing. <laughs> but um, this just the idea of all the rituals that we would be doing together. We did a lot of hair rituals in my family. Um, we did a lot of quiet, private time with just the girls and the women. 
in my family. We have a lot of auntie celebrations with just women. So there was like this um, real anticipation of raising and spending time with and building up another strong, confident woman, because I think the world needs more of that. And so this was like, not only was I going to have another blessing in the family, but like another gift to the world, right? That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. It wasn't long before you realized that Penel was different from your other kids. When was the first time you realized that that something was up? So, you know, once we got home and brought baby Penelope home, um, Penelope was just bubbly. I mean, tons of smiles. Sometimes we'd, you know, Penelope would crawl up onto the um, dishwasher and like sit inside the dishwasher. There was just, Penelope was so phenomenal as a baby. Everything you would want to see, moving and physical and smiley and inquisitive, even as a little child. Um, But I think the first time when I started to see that there was a energy in Pinnell that was not settled was around the first birthday. You know, you're you're trying to learn so much about your kid in the beginning, your baby in the beginning, but by birthday number one, I knew something was different. Um, you know, Penelope was not comfortable with physical touch. So even putting on a diaper needed two parents. I'd have to just like call in for backup. We'd have to have people hold the baby down so that I, that mama myself could put the diaper on. Penelope was not, a, at a certain point, became less snuggly with me. Penelope would push me away and say, no, mama, no, um, I'm not talking to you, <laughs> which meant I'm not talking to you. Um, Penel wanted to be around big brother and dad way more than me. And I was not used to that. All my kids are really snuggly with me in the beginning. And so Penelope was rejecting mama, rejecting mama's touch. And then it became a little bit more layered than that. It would be rejecting dresses, rejecting hair brushing, rejecting certain shoes, rejecting toothbrushes. Penelope never wanted to use Penelope's toothbrush. Penelope wanted to use Big Brother's toothbrush. Same thing with diapers, shirts, jeans. So we had this toddler running around the house with Big Brother's clothes draping off of baby Penelope. And it was the only, those were the only things that could make Penelope happy. There was nothing that would soothe Penelope more than putting on Big Brother's T-shirt. Um, and then eventually, by the second year, Penelope was a bully at, at home and at the playground. So pushing siblings around, pushing kids at the playground, stomping, screaming. We did a whole year of just screaming, screaming, screaming. Then reoccurring nightmares. The monster's going to get me, mama. Then biting fingernails until the fingers were bloody. Um, you know, it was sort of, it was progressing more so than temper tantrum. You know, when you have a mother of multiples, temper tantrums don't get you. They don't f- frazzle you too much. But this was much more than a temper tantrum. This was a heavy, heavy child. Mm. So most of that year, that second year was frustrating. We couldn't get out of the house. I couldn't get to work. I couldn't get the kids to school. Um, I was feeling very frustrated with with the way I was mothering. I couldn't figure it out. I was trying to fix it and I couldn't figure it out. 
Yeah, you, you were in problem solver mode, right? Mm-hmm. I said more nap time, more love, more hugs and kisses, more story time. I even took out dairy. I said, maybe it's about the diet. Maybe this is all just a dairy allergy. Anything that I could think of, everything that my mom did that I thought was great parenting, everything that my grandmother did that I thought was great parenting, and nothing was working. So I was I was angry. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I completely understand that. And I would just feel so defeated, you know, because mm-hmm. um, you were so experimental with your approaches. At, at some point, you realize that while you're able to pacify Pinnell at times and force obedience at other times, there's perhaps something deeper going on because Pinnell still seems so troubled day to day, right? And so there's this one night where you decide to engage differently, where, where you carve out some one-on-one time. Um, it was the summer, the end of the summer, and you know Penelope was just horrendous, knocking over things, pushing Big Brother, screaming. And so I picked Penelope up, basically picked myself up, <laughs> and moved, moved us into Penelope's room, and we sat on the floor cross-legged, and I looked into Penelope's eyes, and I asked this question, what's really wrong, baby? Why are you so angry? Just that. What's wrong and why are you so angry? And it was the, it was the million dollar question. Penelope opened up in a way I'd not seen ever, eyes filled with tears. And Penelope said the most like phenomenal words I'd, I'd never even considered. Mama, everyone thinks I'm a girl, and I'm not. I am a boy. That was a preview of A Slight Change of Plans from Pushkin Industries. You can hear the full episode and more from A Slight Change of Plans wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 